0: Welcome to Perfectly Imperfect, a podcast on mental health for folks of color. I'm your host, Zell Anderson, Licensed Professional Counselor. I'm the owner of Panoramic Counseling, where I specialize in treating teens and young adults in Richmond, Virginia, and throughout the Commonwealth of Virginia through online counseling. Let's get into the show. All righty. Well, today I am excited to have on the podcast Rasha Hicks. She is a licensed professional counselor. She does individual therapy in the Richmond area. She is also the owner of a community based counseling agency called Soaring for Change. We are going to be talking on the topic of parenting as a person of color. Okay. So, Rasha, tell the audience a little bit more about yourself and your clinical practice.
1: Yes. Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Rasha Hicks. I am the owner of Swarm for Change Counseling Services, LLC, here within the Richmond area. We provide community-based counseling services, as well as substance abuse counseling, um, in addition to outpatient therapy.
0: Awesome. What are some of the challenges that parents of color are facing these days?
1: A lot of my clients come in um, looking for more support you know what can I do what type of disciplinary techniques that I can give my child without me trying to be the bad parent some of them come from um broken homes where just only one parent um within the home so coming in feeling overwhelmed you know from the day-to-day tasks that they have whether it be Um, I'm working every day, then we have this virtual learning. I don't understand the virtual learning. I don't want my child to fall behind, um, but I have to work. Sometimes they may come in, you know, um, my child is overweight. I don't know what other um, healthy meal selections that I can kind of provide to them. Um, The changes of what's going on with Black Lives Matter.
0: I don't mm-hmm. know if i
1: come home today whether or not my child is going to be there, if they, they're going to get killed, or somebody's going to kidnap them.
0: That's a very real fear.
1: It is. Um, in addition to that, disciplinary styles. Um, you know, I want to discipline my child, but how can I do it in a healthy way that they can understand where I'm coming from and know that in society, we have rules and regulations that everybody have to follow.
0: Mm-hmm. And culturally speaking, too, that varies from, you know, families of color as opposed to our counterparts, right? And so how it's perceived can cause some additional challenges.
1: Yes, definitely.
0: Okay. So you mentioned, obviously, we're living in these crazy times, talk a little bit more about how the, you know, events of the past year between, you know, COVID, Black Lives Matter, the slayings of, you know, Black men and women um, at at the hands of law enforcement, how has that impacted your mental health as a person of color and also as a clinician?
1: It impacted me just to, one, acknowledge the fact that now it's, it's come to light. And how am I, as a a woman of color, explaining to my children, have healthy conversations with my children about it? And two, how do I educate my counselors when topics like this make arise when there's somebody that's not of our color? How do we handle those type of conversations? How do we handle those type of situations that we may find ourselves in? Um, With COVID, surprisingly, uh, my business um, has picked up. Um, in reference to, you know, having more clientele.
0: Same here. Um, and,
1: and, and with that is with the anxiety, the anxiety part, the depression part. My anxiety has risen. My depression has risen. I want to be more isolated. I don't want to go out into the community right now. I'm fearful of I might get COVID. I'm fearful with the Black Lives Matter. I'm fearful that I may die. Are you
0: talking about clients or yourself?
1: I'm talking about as a whole, clients, and
0: for
1: myself. Mm -hmm. Um, So as it relates to myself, my mental health is making sure that I'm able to first understand it. I'm able to digest it. I'm able to have healthy conversations about it. So I'm able to give the next person who asks me questions about it, that I'm able to give them appropriate answers and direct them into the right direction that I need to direct them into. Definitely, And I have to make sure that I take a step back and make sure that I have a well-balanced life between life and work. I'm making sure that my self-care is taken care of. Mm-hmm. Because doing this type of work, you definitely become over- overwhelmed.
0: Absolutely.
1: I find myself taking a step back a day or two um, just to press the reset button.
0: You have to. Uh, and one thing that I forgot, I guess we didn't get into, um, the reason I chose um, Rasha for this interview is she is a parent of three, correct? Correct. So uh, how old are your kids?
1: I have a 20-year-old female. I have a 12-year-old male and an 8-year-old female.
0: Okay. Um, and so you have kind of the the range of, you know, young adults. Uh, adolescent and child living in these times. So uh, that's one of the um, reasons why I think you're a great person to interview for this uh, conversation. Um, And to kind of go back to what we were talking about, I agree. I think um, as therapists, um, you know, when COVID hit, we anybody with a small business was scared, right? Um, Because a lot of things were shutting down. And like you said, it, the demand went through the roof, um, with everything going on, people were turning to resources such as, you know, psychotherapy, um, to cope with everything that was going on. And I think, um, that was a, at least from my perspective, it was really good to see that, especially, um, you know, seeing, uh, clients of color, reach out for therapy, because, you know, historically, in uh, I know, especially in the Black and Hispanic communities, therapy is not, um, it, there's a lot of stigma around it. So um, I was really surprised to see the, the uptick and the normalizing of, you know, reaching out to a therapist to, to talk about these things, because we were all, a lot of that stuff is variable. Um, I think therapists have done a great job at adjusting. Um, to using technology, because regardless of, you know, the pandemic, the world goes on and we got to serve people who are hurting. Yeah, it's been tough, especially with everybody being kind of stuck at home during the quarantine and stuff. It's hard to, you know, you're doing your session from home, you know, having that privacy uh, when your whole family is like stuck in the house with you, it's hard to like get that space um, and really to focus on, you know, yourself. So I, I like to think that we've kind of gotten through the, the tough of it. Uh, would you agree with that?
1: Yes. I think we, we passed the hurdle. You we know we got through
0: a year of it so far.
1: Yes, we have. Yes, we have.
0: So it's been, I think, you know, not just therapists, but I think, anybody who's kind of dealt with mental health challenges through this, and I'm sure every human in the world has had some sort of, you know, mental health consequence of this pandemic. We're going to look back on the resilience someday. Um, Yes. And, you know, this is going to be a time where we, you know, look back and see like we survived, we overcame. So um, I'm, I'm glad that, you know, we're, we're, we passed a, the year mark, but things are looking a lot better, you know, um, people are slowly but surely being able to get vaccinated and um, people are a little bit less. I mean, I know this time last year, I was afraid to leave my house. So yeah. it's, it's slowly but surely getting better. Yes, it is. Okay. So you have... Um, obviously three black children, uh, growing up in these days, um, is the oldest one in college right now?
1: Yes, she is.
0: Okay. What year is she?
1: she This is her second year. She attends old dominion university.
0: Very good school. She enjoying it so far.
1: She is enjoying it. Her first year, of course, everybody was on campus
0: Mm -hmm. Um, and it got cut short.
1: and it got cut short right near the um, spring break. Around the same time, mm. At the spring break, she was um, virtual,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and ever since then, she's been virtual. Yeah. Um, so some of her classes been through Zoom. Some of her classes been through um, online instruction, where they just give her the work, and she just have to submit it. Um, some stuff have been group work for her. Um, so she, she loves actually her best work came through this virtual. So she's been a straight A student since her freshman year last That's semester. That's awesome. Yes. Good
0: for
1: her. <laughs> so she's like, mommy, I don't know if I want to go face to face anymore. I like this virtual. So we, we definitely have to see. They didn't come out, um, with anything to the parents as of yet, whether or not, if they're going to continue with virtual or go back face to face within the classroom.
0: Are they offering that option for any of the students or ODU is completely virtual right now?
1: From my understanding, it's, okay. it's virtual right now, but she was talking to me that some of her professors was talking to them about that through um, when they communicate communicating back and forth. Okay. Um, so it, it's, it might be a possibility. Now, my younger children, they have been going back and forth to school. They go to a private school. So they did not stop um, with going virtually. So they just been face to face ever since COVID has hit.
0: That's good to have that consistency. There's been a lot of debate about should the kids be back in school? Should they be virtual? Um, At least from what I've seen, the private schools, um, when all of this was going on, they had the means, you know, because it's privately funded, to, you know, put in those additional precautions and stuff like that to make the school environment safe, whereas the public schools, there was a lag on that. Um, Correct. So it sounds like, you know, the 20-year-old, she – adapted very quickly because i know especially like high school seniors and you know college freshmen you know the the expectation and the anticipation of all these exciting things it came crashing down like people missed their proms the graduation yeah. was different people in their first year of college it like you know it was like a record scratch and everything switched up um so i'm glad that your daughter is thriving because it is not the norm. And I'm sure that you've um, seen that. I know a lot of my, uh, I work with a lot of adolescents and college students and a lot across the board have been struggling um, with this change of pace. So um, I'm glad that she's doing well.
1: Yes. Now um, they have struggled on the extracurricular activity side because they are Mm -hmm. um, into sports and stuff like that. Basketball, football, um, track and field um so with it that socialization skills um and and after after school practice and activity with the sports that has decreased and decline so it's like okay i can go to school i can socialize with my classmates and stuff like that however my cousins my teammates for these particular sports, I have no more communication with them. Only if I have their telephone number, I could play a game with them or I could talk to them. So it's like, well, mommy, what are we going to do now? You know, so ha- keeping trying to keep them still engaged and try to educate them. You know, so-and-so can't come over for the weekend, you know, having to make sure that they wash their hands, they wear their masks. You cannot mm-hmm. share your food with anybody. Yeah. So have to put extra precautions, you know, within the household when mm-hmm. COVID can't hit.
0: Absolutely. And I think that um, from the mental health standpoint of, you know, our young people, um, that isolation, um, you know, quarantine for most of us meant staying put at home, you know, basically going to the grocery store and, you know, light physical activity. But for a good few months there, a lot of us were just isolated. Um, And I know that, you know, with sports being shut down and extracurriculars being shut down, sometimes those are the little anchors that get kids motivated to do the schoolwork that's not necessarily their interest It's like my motivation is to keep my grades up so I can play the sport or so that I can have time with friends and team sports and things like that. So that I know that was particularly difficult um seeing that. And it sounds like your your kids struggled with um you know, the the social component kind of came to a halt for a lot of people. You can only do so much, you know, FaceTime and Snapchat instagram type stuff before you're craving like that real in-person interaction so how did you kind of navigate that
1: well well basically what we did was um extra games at home making sure that we spent our family time together making sure that we did our own individual time time with mommy time with daddy time with siblings try to keep it Uh, as normal
0: as possible
1: try to keep it as normal as possible for them And making sure that we did FaceTime with our family members and FaceTime with their friends.
0: That's good. And I think a lot of the young people, too, have been challenged with that because um, I'm not so far. I mean, I'm a millennial, but I'm not so far removed from (laughs) being, you know, a teenager and college student. And how I grew up and how I'm looking at a lot of these teenagers that I work with and stuff like that, all they really know is the social media communication and the Snapchat, the texting, um, and stuff like that. So when it came, you know, a lot of younger people are intimidated by doing a phone call or a FaceTime, yes. right? And, yes,
1: they are.
0: And so some of them, you know, bypass that. It was like, okay, well, we'll DM on Instagram or Snapchat, but they don't, there's a kind of there's social anxiety.
1: Of picking up the telephone and actually dialing a number and having that conversation. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely like one of my biggest fears for for the next generation is being so caught up with the social media mm-hmm. that they lose the the, the skills, Communication skills of how to communicate with their peers. Not Absolutely. only with their peers, but how to communicate with you know, with adults, mm-hmm. how to get a job you know, how you have to pick up the phone and call to get a follow-up after you submitted that application.
0: Definitely. And
1: um, in addition to that, with that with the social media, they see a lot of young people, they blow up overnight because they have a YouTube channel. So I don't have to go to school and get an education to further my education because I could be a U- a YouTube star. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, But sometimes they lose focus because they begin to become lazy.
0: Definitely. YouTube and TikTok. um, I know TikTok blew up um, during the pandemic. um, Yes. Which was, you know, there were some positives to that. So I think a lot of people felt a sense of community and purpose and being able to engage with others that way. Um, But it can definitely skew some things when your you know your the computer screen is your teacher right and um in this virtual world and then to you know be on you know social media youtube tiktok and things like that it starts to be like well is this is this how people live life now and it can kind of get away from the bigger picture of you know this pandemic will pass and we will go back to needing to strive and you know working towards what we were you know, doing before this pandemic, right. Um And so, um, yeah, I, I, I definitely have seen a lot of uh, motivation shifts and the need for you know, as a parent, how have you kind of redirected that because the motivation and priorities really got out of whack from from what I saw.
1: Yes, um, timing wise, give time frames and ask questions. Why are you on social media? What are you benefiting from it? What are you gaining from social media? And of course, um, I'm big on time frames. meaning, okay, I give you 15 minutes, and screen time of screen time, Mm -hmm. correct. I control it on my end, number one. And number two, it let them know that as much time that you can put on social media is the same amount of time that you can get better with your grades. And I only do it on the weekend. So Friday when you come from school, Saturday, Sunday up until um, about 5 or 6 o'clock. And half that time is already gone because we in church.
0: Absolutely. And I think keeping that consistency is so important because um, now we're not trying to, you know, every situation is different for every parent. And we're not trying to say, like, this is the only way. Um, but from, you know, working with a lot of young folks as a therapist and, you know, you, you're raising your own, um, I've noticed that, you know, during the week, there's a lot of parents will be stricter on, you know, screen time and social media time and things like that. But then on the weekend, like the, the boundaries are off and it's like unlimited, Mm -hmm. um, and, that consistency is important to be like. Oh, well, we still have screen time on the weekends because we need to engage with real people. We need to, you know, do, um, have family time, have time with you know friends to the best that we can in person. And um, I, I've noticed that a lot of times when parents will kind of have unlimited access to the devices and the social media and stuff like that on the weekends mondays and tuesdays you're basically playing like tug of war to get them back into school mode um right. and so that that was an important point that you gave about that consistency of not just during the week but on the weekends it's it's very important Absolutely. to give that you consistency
1: that consistency is key a lot of times we don't as parents kids need structure And when you provide that structure, you provide that expectation, you set your limits and boundaries from there, you have to be consistent. Even when as a parent, you feel overwhelmed and you want to give in just a little bit, because that little inch that you give in, they're going to now use it over and over and over again. And they know, kids know when to play on
0: that. So when you be
1: consistent with it, it is set the bar and it will set your pace.
0: Definitely. And I think some parents um will say, Well, they're, you know, they're a teenager. They they know how to set limits and things like that. We have to remember that while, you know, especially teenagers, they're looking more adult like, we have to remember that they're still kids, right? Their brains are not yeah. fully developed. The, though, you know, when you're a teenager, you have that increased awareness and in, there's that rapid brain growth and stuff like that, but we don't have the coping skills and the, you know, emotional regulation and decision-making skills to kind of match that adult sized brain yet. That really doesn't come until the mid twenties, um, completely. And so I've noticed a big pitfall, um, of, you know, adults saying, well, I'm going to let them do their own thing. And, you know, they, they know what they're doing and, um, it's a, it's a tricky balance, I think, to kind of be involved, but not to be like a helicopter parent. But at the same time, you don't want to be too passive. I know it's not ideal. No one want, I mean, not every parent, you know, wanted to be like, Oh, well, now I'm a stay at home, you know, teacher and things like that. But given the times and stuff like that, so many kids are slipping through the cracks on their academics and things like that, because the parents often don't really know that a problem is happening until it's too late. It
1: happens until it's too late.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: not only that, when you don't provide that structure and that consistency. Now you have social media raising your kids now you have their peers that are raising them and they go into to them for questions and answers.
0: Absolutely. And then also with the social media too, we're not we're not shaming social media, there's a time and a place and a purpose uh, for it. But um, in the midst of the pandemic, too, we got to remember, parents, that the kids, that when they look on social media, you're not getting reality, you're getting the snapshot of the filtered, you know, um, perfect, you know, thing. And I think, you know, kids stuck home, you know, doing virtual school and things like that, they look on there and they see, oh, so and so, you know, is out doing this, and they're on vacation, and this and that, the the comparison, throws a wrench into things. And um, it kind of influences too. like, well, they're, they're in school too, but they're able to do all of these other different things. We don't know what's really going on, you know, behind the scenes. And if they're struggling academically or not, parents can't just, you know, put their kids on autopilot, it really needs to be governed, um, and obviously give them autonomy. But at the same time, your job as a parent, our job as parents is to raise our kids up. It, we can't say, well, that's the teacher's job or, you know. Right. Because we're put in a position where we can put them on autopilot, but it, we are still responsible. Obviously, they have responsibility to do their work, but if, you know, they fall behind, they fail and stuff like that, we we do have a, a little bit of – I mean, we have some of that accountability, so it's important to put those boundaries. I think that's really important. It's very important. Okay. We got into my next question a little bit, but I'll ask it just in case um, there was something you wanted to elaborate on. You had said one of your biggest fears for the next generation is the communication skills. My next question was going to be what is your biggest fear in raising up this next generation? Um, Did you want to expand on that a little bit?
1: Yes. Um,
0: Biggest, and we're gonna get yeah. we're gonna get to the positive too, listeners. So don't think this is doom and gloom. <laughs> the next question is the inverse of this, so stay tuned.
1: Yes. Is for the for not taking things so serious. You know, it's like, oh, you know, with sometimes that I find with the clientele and even with my children, they don't take things serious. Um, especially when substance abuse is on a rise. Um, and they want to test it, Oh, mm-hmm. it's only a, a little bit of marijuana, but don't know that marijuana may be laced with fentanyl.
0: Very true. People die from um,
1: that. Exactly. Um, sex trafficking, you know, kids being kidnapped, and it's going on right here in Richmond. Definitely. Um, them being um, lazy, not wanting, because we own um, virtual learning, I'm just going to do a little bit just to get by because the teacher is not right here in front of my face.
0: Yeah, there's not as much accountability when, you know, we it's t- not. take them out of that very structured setting.
1: Correct. And it's, um, I have found sometimes it's like, I don't want to work for anything. I just, like I said, I just want to do a little bit just to get by. Um, don't have that, for lack of better terms, don't have that, um, you know, hustle mentality. So my fear is that some of them um, may get left behind um, where they don't have you know, a person um, t- to talk with them and have that open lines of communication. Um, what's going on? What happened? Where's the breakdown coming from? And trying to pour into the kids. And sometimes that kid, you have to really pull out a lot of information from them. But with that, you have to be consistent. If they say, I don't know, I don't care, just don't leave it right there.
0: Help yeah, them have the language journal. to, you know, help them develop that language to express themselves about what's really going on.
1: Exactly. Exactly. You know, giving them a little exercise. Here's a journal. If you can't talk about it, let's write about it. So that's just my, my, my biggest fear of them not taking things so seriously um, another thing is them not having that, that mindset to continuously to work at whatever that you want to work at, even though you may have obstacles and roadblocks that may come your way, um, continue with the tenacity to kind of go forward, continue to build up that ladder of success, continue to mark off small goals and try to work up to, towards your big goals.
0: Definitely. And I think as parents, um, obviously, mine is only 15 months old, so she won't remember any of this. But um, I think as parents, you know, this pandemic um, is a teachable moment. Teachable moments often aren't planned, right? Despite the fact that the world halted, right? Despite the oh. fact that, you know, being stuck at home doing school on the computer sucks, right? And um, we do have to keep going there is a future beyond COVID-19 there um things will go back to a new sense of normal and if we slack off now you're I mean kids are getting behind and I think a lot of the blame goes on the the teachers sometimes but you know In any capacity, and I think if we think about, like, the workplace uh, model, if you don't put in the work, you don't have a job, right? Correct. Um, And so for the kids, I'm often telling them, your job right now is to be a student. That's your full-time job. And so just because there's less, you know, less oversight, less – Attention on you because you're at home, and maybe your parent is working or whatever. You still need to do your job because I I, I think the big challenge is getting them to understand, like you said, taking it seriously. Like you need to learn these fundamentals to get to the next step because next year when you're in the classroom setting and things are going again, you're gonna feel confused and left out when they're talking about something that built upon what you were supposed to learn last year, but you were on Instagram during the zoom meeting. Right. Um, so, okay. And so to kind of flip it to a positive, I'm going to ask you the same question again, but, um, what is your biggest hope as you raise up this next generation?
1: For me, I think my biggest hope is to have them to kind of step up to be our future leaders we see all of this, like with the Black Lives Matter, we see things with the virtual learning, with COVID. Okay, how can we turn it around to make it positive? You know, let's hear from you as the young generation, how would you improve it? How would you kind of make it better? So for them to kind of step up to be our future leaders of the world and not be influenced by what they see and don't take a step back and voice in voicing your opinion and voicing your concern. And making sure that they take their education more seriously.
0: Definitely. And I think that kind of builds upon, you know, we talk about how there are pitfalls to, you know, social media and how uh, this Gen Z um, is kind of conditioned to communicate and stuff like that. But there's also a lot of opportunity. Kids, have, they have social media platforms. They have way more followers and people watching what they're doing than I do as an adult. And Absolutely. they have a voice, and we have to empower our kids to use their voice. Um, and you know, some some people really have used this time in their voice and their platforms to really, you know, uh, speak up on things. Um, there have been great conversations from young people about what it's like to be growing up in, you know, they're seeing these things, um, these, these injustices and things going on too. There are a lot of young people are out, you know, um, you know, protesting and, um, you know, practicing their rights. So this isn't just to say like young people stay in your place, do what you're told. It's we we do, we want to empower our young people, um, but we have to guide them towards how to do so effectively because, like I said before, you know, young people don't have all of the reasoning skills and the um, perspective that adults do. So we have to, that's our, that's one of our biggest jobs as parents is to guide them.
1: Yes, it is.
0: Okay. So Rasha, as a veteran to the job of parenting, it's safe to say, Um if out of all of your experience and wisdom what advice and i'm asking more so for me but i'm sure lots of listeners are in the same position as me what advice would you give to new parents like me who are navigating uh this crazy world that we've brought a kid into i'm sure it's crossed your mind about what did i bring these kids into so give some wisdom on that
1: I would say, pray about everything. Pray when you're happy, pray when you're sad, pray when you're just in between and you just don't have the answers. In addition to that, make sure that you forgive yourself um, because you're not going to have all the answers. It's not a manual to parenting. It's not a a book on how to be the best parent in the times that we're going in right now. And acknowledge when... um, acknowledge and be transparent with your kids always have an open lot of communication and be transparent within that meaning i did this wrong so let me go back and try to correct it that's I the best frustrated. kind of modeling
0: that you yes can do. i
1: was absolutely i was frustrated when i responded back to you mommy normally don't do this however i just want to let you know that i apologize i'm going to get better in that area And kind of move on. And then in return, have your children to do that to you as well. When they frustrated and they angry, instead of them running up the the stairs and saying, I'm going to my room, have them to kind of verbalize that frustration and where that frustration is coming from. That way you will have open lines of communication as a family, as a whole. And you're going to be doing things through trial and error. Some things you're going to get right. Some things you're going to get wrong. Build up a team of supports. Definitely. Build up a team where where you have um your, your the grandmother, your aunties, older people, younger people, um new parents older parents. It definitely takes a village um to raise our children. Not only that, you also want to identify roles with your spouse and or with your support system. And I can take it from me. With me and my husband, sometimes I don't have no patience, so sitting down and doing homework, I'm going to tell you the answer, or I'm going to try to do the homework for you, and that's not good. That's not a good way. So with my husband, he has more patience. So his area is for him to help the kids with their homework.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Okay? For me, while he's helping with homework, I'm in the kitchen, I'm cooking, and I'm cleaning. So make sure that you and your spouse have those open lines of communication. What's your strengths? Mm-hmm. What's your weakness? Because not one parent can do everything. And don't feel that as one parent, you have to do everything because you want to be the best mom. You want to be the best dad. You you don't want to live a life like that. Because if you do, you become very overwhelmed quickly and you're going to be burnt out.
0: And quickly. resentful, too, if you live like that. And
1: a... resentful not only to your children, but to your spouse. Your
0: partner, yeah. Um,
1: and don't give up on your dreams and your goals just because you have children. Um,
0: say that one more time for the folks in the back.
1: Okay. (laughs) Please do not give up on your dreams and your goals that you set for yourself. Mm -hmm. They may have to be altered. You may have to press the reset button, but just know that if it's a dream, if it's a goal that you have, pick that thing back up. Because your children are looking at you. You are a living role model for your children.
0: Definitely. And you dropped a lot of gems there. Some of the ones that stuck out to me were the, basically as parents, be kind to yourself. Because I know, you know, when we work, like I can only speak from the type of work I do. I work with a lot of teenagers, but parents kind of have that, um, sense of imposter syndrome right like mm-hmm. they feel like oh well I'm not perfect and mm-hmm. I should just give up or I, I'm overwhelmed I can't you know do this I'm always telling one myself and also my clients whether they're an adolescent an adult whatever I'm always saying over and over again be kind to yourself it's like my mantra that I have to remind myself of every day uh-huh. um, and remembering The whole journey of life is that of gaining awareness and self-improvement and growing. Um, And so holding yourself to an unrealistic uh, standard of I need to do it perfect the first time, that's not realistic. And I think kids learn, like you said, kids learn from that role modeling. It's okay to say, you know what, Um, dad messed up here and um, I'm sorry. And then, like you said, holding them accountable, too, to, okay, one, we have to help them with the language of how to say how they're feeling, but also modeling that, hey, how do we deal with these conflicts? And it's really, really important, especially during these times as parents, too, because they're not getting those, you know, um, if they're not in the traditional school setting yet, there are those moments in school where people have a disagreement or they get into a scrap or... You know, there's some conflict resolution mediation type of stuff going on. The stuff is going to happen in the home because you kind of pop off to the people you know the best. Um, And so we still got to teach those social skills and life skills. And I think especially, um, you know, in looking at the scope of being, uh, you know, parents of color as, you know, adults of color living in this world, but also, you know, you're you're sending your your children out into this world that is not equal and fair to everyone. And That's so right. it's, you know, um I I have so many parents who are just, you know, crippled with fear and I'm and I tell them, you know, you can't you can't do it perfectly, you can't fix all of their problems for them. You do the best that you can, but the stakes are higher a lot of times for parents of color because you know, a young man who has a moment where he uh, has a temper and acts out on it. Yes, that is a life-threatening thing in some cases, yes, as opposed it is. to, you know, a young white male in the same circumstance. Um, Correct, and it it's not a matter of you know being like just for the sake of saying these things are unequal, and I mean. There's no, I don't even entertain the whole, ah, I think that's blown out of, per- it, it it's unequal. It's unfair. It's not, it's not a good, you know, perfect world that we live in. So I think a lot of parents are really crippled with that fear because, you know, we they have these teenagers who are acting out and also they're living through, you know, they're being impacted by the world that they live in. They're seeing these things. They're, they're stressed. They're stuck at home. They're bored, you know, yes. and it, it's a spe- it's an additional challenge um because they can't act out in the same way that you know the majority counterpart can because of the climate that we live in. Um and that's that's a tough one. That's a tough one to like absorb and I, I'm sure that I mean the anxiety is pretty high for any parent, I think, you know, raising children, but especially when the way that they're perceived. I mean, you've got a, you said your 12 year old is the boy, right?
1: Yes. So he's a mental child. So he's very sensitive. Yes. And sometimes we have to, um, sometimes kids like the split parents too, especially if you have both parents in a household.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: anytime when you have conflict, well, mom said this, well, dad said this, bring the parents need to come together and bring that child together.
0: That united and front. Talk.
1: And be that united front. Mm-hmm. For me, I have found that to be successful in our parenting with our children. Because when you don't do that, it's like, okay, well, mom said I could watch TV right now, knowing that the expectation, the consistency is you can't watch TV Monday through Thursday. That's mm-hmm. the expectation. No matter if you got a half a day, no matter if the school had closed because of a snow day, the expectation is you can't watch it on this particular day. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes you don't want to cause friction with husband and wife or mother and father um, because of the kids. So making sure that you kind of bring them in and you can exercise that communication. You could be transparent um, within that once you kind of bring everybody together to have that open communication.
0: Definitely. Allow everybody
1: to express
0: themselves. So to expand that further, too, I want to specifically speak to, you know, our parents, our single parents, our, you know, co-parenting uh, parents out there. Because, um, you know, obviously, like, the two parents in the same household, that united front is important. It's about 200% more difficult when you're two separate parents living in two separate households because not only do you have to co-parent and get along with your ex who's the parent of the child you also have to still somehow find a way to model that united front and there's obviously nuances to that um because you may not like your ex you may have bad blood you know and um just remembering that I think for adults, it's hard to be told like you need to put your pride aside and you know focus on the best interests of the child. And so, for what it's worth, single parents, I you know we definitely you know empathize and know that it's easier said than done. But these things that we've been talking about, um, you know, with you know mom and dad in the same household, they're applicable to you know divided households, uh, blended families, whatever those situations are we still need to work as a village to, um, you know, tackle raise this up task up this, of this, the children. parenting, mm-hmm. absolutely. So to kind of wrap up today, um, is there any like last minute additional encouragement that you would like to give to the parents listening in general?
1: Yes. It gets better with time. It gets better with time. Parenting definitely gets better with time take time out for yourself um, and don't feel guilty doing that.
0: Self-care Whether is not selfish. Means,
1: yeah, no, it is not. You know, you, you have to find that balance between work, home. You have to find that balance. Whether that means a vacation may not be going to an island. A vacation may just be sitting at a restaurant of your choice by yourself. And taking some time, it may be a bath, you putting on some candles or whatever it may be for you, find whatever works for you. And don't feel guilty doing that.
0: Take some time
1: out for yourself. Take some time out for you and your spouse alone without the children and take some time out for you and the children. And then take some time out for, you know, mother and daughter, mother and son, father and son, father and daughter um and just make sure that you do check-ins check-ins with your children check-ins with your your children just to see hey is everything okay how can we get better what goals that we have that we want to set for the family for this particular year or this month or three months from now or six months from now
0: definitely and i think that builds upon the advice you gave earlier to parents not to give up on their dreams Um, And also to, you know, just encouraging that self-care. Some parents look at me sideways when I say this. But, and and even talking to, you know, uh, people in a relationship or married couples and things like that, it seems like almost blasphemous for me to say, well, remember you're an individual outside of the role of being a parent and outside the role of being a spouse. Yes, Um, you are. And... When you completely lose touch with the fact that you're, say, well, you're Rasha, the mom, Rasha, the wife, Rasha, the uh, mental health agency owner, right? But you're also Rasha Hicks, the individual. And a lot of people, you know, and it's easy to do. I mean, my daughter is, you know, 15 months old. It's easy to lose yourself in doing everything for the child, um, yes. And it, it's it, it's a natural inclination. But and the same thing with, you know, being in a relationship, being married, um, it's easy to lose your identity in that unity. Right. But it's always so very important. Like you said, don't give up on your dreams. Don't lose sight of your individual things because we exist in different um Areas right, so we exist as parents, we exist as a partner, we exist as maybe a church member or a member of an organization, as a professional. Right, you and I both, you know, have our own uh counseling businesses, um, but also we exist as individuals. Like John Zell, the individual likes to you know put the headphones in, isolate, and listen to some audiobooks and podcasts, right, um, and to write. Um, We have to, as I think that that's a great place to end is to just say, take time and do those things for yourself, because the job of parenting is hard enough. And if you're only making the job of parenting the only focus, and you're not filling up those other buckets of, you know, pouring into your relationship, pouring into yourself, it's your, your Not operating on all cylinders, and it's going to get harder and harder. So that's really great advice. So I appreciate that. So to conclude this up, first of all, Rasha, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I've learned a lot from you just in this uh, conversation. Um, and I know that this is going to be a great episode for uh, the listeners as well. So, um, to conclude, I just want you to, I'm going to give you the floor. I want you to just tell the listeners about how to find you, how to find Soaring for Change. Um, you know, any social accounts you might have for that, um, kind of share that. And I'll make sure also to include the information in the show notes as well.
1: Yes, thank you listeners for listening in and tuning in today on Parrington as a person of color. Um, Sewing for Change Counseling Services. I have a website just that, ww.swingforchange.com. Um, again, I am a community-based agency. We provide intensive in-home counseling services, mental health skill building services, crisis stabilization services, substance abuse intensive outpatient services, um, in addition to that outpatient um, therapy portion.
0: Absolutely. And those are great, um, you know, resources and services to consider. You know, we're talking to parents here. Um, these services are available to families. You know, the intensive in-home is helping with, you know, behavioral challenges with, um, kids and mental health skill building. That's, you know, for the adults and, um, the mental health challenges there and, um, the logistics of just living, um, and then crisis when people are at their worst, you know, there are resources there. So, um, you know, knowing that there's help out there, I think, um, it's always good to remind people that we don't have to like suffer in silence and, um, there, there's definitely, uh, help out there. I always say, you know, I'm a therapist that goes to therapy, right? Um, everyone needs to take care of themselves so that they can keep doing what they need to do as parents and as, you know, members of society. So, um, I will definitely put your link to that, um, in the show notes. So, um, once again, Rasha, thank you so much. Um, and thank you listeners for uh, tuning in for this. Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast, and best of all, it's free. They offer creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor also distributes your podcast, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts, and many more. Did I mention that you can make money from your podcast, no matter the size of your following? Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. If you enjoyed this episode, you can support this podcast by buying me a coffee. The link is in this episode's show notes. Thanks in advance.